0: Okay, well, it's my privilege. Uh, everybody, I think, knows Lee, but if you don't, Lee Brook is here to share his story, of what God has done with him, by him, and through him, and he's going to have a powerful testimony for you. A few short weeks ago, he happened to come in to visit at the office, and we, um, well, he, he shared some of his story then, but you're going to be blessed. You're going to be shocked um lee i'm going to invite you to come up and by the way i just poured a fresh glass of water here for you in case you need and are you set up with okay so you will have the privilege of either electing to speak into this microphone or if you want to move around you can do this and we'll give pat over there the the signal to Okay, you're going to be recorded. Perfect, perfect. God bless you. Thank you. So Thank I'll, you. I'll just leave this here. All right. And the light means it's on. Light means it's on. Yep. So I'm going to invite you to either speak close enough to the microphone, or I, I can do that. Can or, Can
1: I get a tissue? Tissues. Yes. Sure. Oh, you wanna you wanna come up with me? Come on up. I'm going to invite Martha up because she keeps track of me and uh, <laughs> she's yeah, she's got a lot of important stuff that I, I want you folks to hear and she'll elbow me when I've had enough time to speak. But uh, I, I, I don't know where to begin. I got up this morning at 3.30, I couldn't sleep and I got my iPad out and uh, I was looking up the post from last week thank you sorry they're not really tissue that, that that's fine that's perfect my uh, my tear ducks are not where they belong and so instead of leaking where they want to they leak all over me and my glasses and and uh, I'm really crying over the service that's what I'm doing here <laughs> but uh, I was looking at the post from last fall and I found many that I hadn't seen before and it was from folks in the, the community here and I was I was in tears before I got done reading the first 30 seconds and people that I know and my wife asking for prayer not knowing what was coming down the pike and uh, and me I was in a coma for four weeks and this was, at that time, the first week, first few days, my family back here didn't know what was wrong with me, what was going on, other than I'd been attacked by a bear. And uh, so it was really blind faith on your old fart, on my family's part, to support me. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's why I'm here. I want to say thank you. And I'll just get on with it so that so you know why I'm saying thank you. Because it, like Mike said, it, it's, it's truly remarkable. I don't know why I was chosen. I'm nobody special. I'm just like anybody here. I like to hunt. And we've hunted out west many, many times. And we got complacent. And that's part of my message, too. We don't want to be complacent in our lives. And it happens easy. Sitting here in this fuse, we let our mind wander, and we miss a point. That's a result of complacency. We're driving down the road. We reach over, and we tuck somebody in or tell them to put their seatbelt on, or we adjust the radio and crash. That's complacency. And on the mountain for me, we'd hunted there many years. We'd seen bear, grizzly bear, black bear. They're always going the other way. But you never forget when you kill an animal and you go back, you approach that animal with caution. Well, we've done that. For 30 years, we've done that. This one time, we didn't. I had it down the first day. We went back the second day to get it out. And all four of us went back. And we couldn't find it. We hunted three hours. We could not find that animal. I put tape up in the woods, head height, so you can see it. Because the woods are dense, very dense. And we couldn't see it. I put tape out to the trail. We never found it. Three hours we hunted. I turned around in the woods. And I'm walking around with a backpack and my knife, the butcher knife. It's a, a table knife. I bought it at a flea market. Wasn't anything special flexible blade I met up with George in the woods now we hadn't seen each other he had the gun complacency all four of us were doing this and we hadn't even thought about it we separated we said we'd meet up on the trail and we separated disappeared in the woods I recognized right away where I was at I turned right around went right back Turned up five paces. I saw the tape over there. I knew right where it was. We knew this mountain well. It's almost inconceivable that we walked all over that mountain for three hours and missed this animal. But it happened. And again, I made a choice right then and there to walk up there. Fill my pack with meat and go home. Go back to camp. That's two miles away. I didn't call for help, those guys were out of here shot, 100 yards away you can't hear anybody yelling, 200 yards you can't hardly hear a gunshot, so I went up there and I got from here to that organ and I spun right around to leave because I saw it was covered up with brush and dirt and I knew that that meant a bear claimed that kill and when a bear claims a kill, they're right there, they don't leave. Certainly not the first 24 hours, and it was less than 24 hours, I got two steps. As I turned, I saw out of my peripheral vision the bear coming, and it was a mama bear because there was a cub on either side of her. Now, that adrenaline rush when I saw that elk is just phenomenal, just phenomenal, (laughs) but it ratcheted up another notch when I saw those cubs. Because I knew I was in the biggest trouble of my whole life. Two steps. And she grabbed my backpack and jerked me back. Slap me. It was just a slap. If it had been a full-blown blow, I'd be gone. They can break the neck of a bull elk. Bull elk neck. is that big around. Big as a horse. One blow. They're done. So it was just a baby slap. Broke all the bones in my face. Popped my nose off. Cut this eyebrow. I couldn't open this eye. Skipped over my nose and cut this eyebrow, ripped this eyelid all the way back to here. Flopped that skin down. I couldn't see. I came to on the ground. Seconds later, I was lying on my arm. I never dropped my knife. While I was on the ground... Not feeling anything, she dug my leg up. And Pastor, you should have taken your coat off. I wore shorts. (laughs) Because of the Downing Thomas is here. I'm one. I want to put my finger in that hole. I've got the scars to show that this actually happened. God wants us to test. He does. Anyway, while I laid on the ground, the grizzly bear dug my leg up. I got four holes in the back of my leg, and one of them comes all the way through the top of my leg. The long claws. I didn't feel any of that. Well, anyway, I woke up. I'm laying on my arm, realizing I was attacked by a bear, but kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Well, what's going on is she's sniffing me right here. I feel her whiskers on my cheek. I hear her sniffing me. Get back. I slapped. She clamped onto this arm. And she pulled back. Well, I went right with her. I pushed right into her. And I'm not pushing you off the podium here. (laughs) But I pushed right into her. And I leaned up on my knees and started stabbing her in the head. And she let me go. I stood up. But I can't see. I'm blind, basically. I look down at the ground, I can see down here, but I I can't look out there. The muscles are gone, I can't open my eyes. Over here I see my backpack. It's all wrinkled up where she grabbed a hold of it with her teeth. And over here, uh uh-oh, over here I see my nose and my mustache lying on the ground. Now I know what she's done. But I don't have time to think about that. I got a mad bear out here. She is not going to leave me this close to her food supply for her babies. It's wintertime. She's looking to den. Now, one thing I did not know is there had been forest fires in the areas and the miles close by. There was no place for this bear to go. But right here on our mountain, she was not leaving. All winter, she's not going to leave. She's going to stay right here because there's food right there. And in another month, she's going to be denning. And I was going to be added to that pile. I knew that. I've read all the bear stories. I've hunted out there for years. I've never not known that I could be added to that pile of food. Except today. Complacency. Just briefly. But it's all it takes. She let me alone. I stood up, saw this. I started backing away. I never saw the bear again. But I knew she was there. I could smell her. I couldn't see her. I backed away into some brush. Not very far. I thought 10, 12 feet. Well, in my heightened sense of not knowing, I was almost 90 feet away. Far enough that I wasn't a threat to the bear. But I didn't know that. I can't walk out. I can't see. My leg is stiff. I don't know why. I got into some brush. Got my back against a tree. You're in the soup now. And I said, Lord, I could use some help about now. And it was just that calm, cool, and collected. I don't know why. And then I started yelling. Now... I already told you. You can't hear 100 yards away. I know better than yelling these woods. You're just going to attract animals, the very ones you're trying to run away from. But see, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. If we let ourselves be led, He's within us as believers. We have to trust that. And I didn't question it. I just started yelling for help. Well, there's a couple... Stopped their hunt for lunch. Jeff and Brenda Campbell, right? Martha's got a card from them. She's going to share with you an event. They said they listened to me yelling for about half an hour. Now they didn't respond sooner because they knew there's other hunters in the area. I didn't know that. They finally decided, well, Jeff said to Brenda, he said, Honey, I think the Holy Spirit wants me to help this man. Wow. Already God's at work. Well, already God's at work because he saved my life. He saved my eyesight. He saved my mouth so that I can tell you folks what actually happened and help you to believe God is not dead he is alive in each and every believer well they couldn't get down to me they tried on four wheelers the brush is too heavy so they went back and they spent an hour and a half trying to get a park ranger he showed up I'd stopped yelling he listened he didn't hear anything he blew a siren Nothing. Honked his horn? Nothing. He stuck around for an hour trying to get some understanding of what this lady and husband were telling him. He didn't doubt it, but he said, Look at folks, I can't help him. I'll give you my contact information. Call me if you hear any more. He gets in his truck to leave. Well, in the meantime, George and Steve. Waited on the trail. I didn't show up. They decided to leave, found the elk. They came right back in the woods. They're not going to walk two miles back to camp. They're going to come into the woods and help me get the elk out. No problem. Steve got his elk the day before, as I did. He didn't have a gun. Did they tell you we're all experienced hunters? they tell you we've all hunted this mount before? Did they tell you we know we're in grizzly country? Complacency. All four of us. It's just, it's unprecedented. They separated and came back into the woods. They walked 45 minutes back across. Never heard me yelling. They got out past the elk, and they finally heard me way down the mountain. So they came down. George is in the lead about 50 yards ahead of Steve. Now 50 yards, you're out of sight. Definitely out of sight. George finds the elk. Safety comes off the gun because he knows, just as I did, instantly. We'd been walking around all morning in grizzly country, unaware. We knew there was a dead elk out there. That should have been a key to us that there had been a grizzly 10 miles away. They would have smelled that and they would have come for it. We know that. Complacency let us forget it. He found a backpack. He'd hollered at Steve, there's a bear here. And now they're understanding what I'm saying. I'm yelling, help, help, bear. There's a bear out here, help, bear. Now they know. He looks over here. He says, Lee, did you cut the nose off that bear? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, so he fixed my nose up and he brings it down to him. He says, here, put this in your pocket. You're going to need it later. We're going to get you off the mountain, Lee. Okay, George. And I relaxed. To me, God's done his part. He saved my life. He got me rescued. Game over. I'm done. I know I'm going to be okay. I didn't look at me. I didn't need to. I had it in my pocket. (laughs) But I didn't know how serious it was. Because I felt okay. I walked down to this brush pile. Yeah, my arm didn't work. I didn't know I had a broken shoulder. I didn't know I was clawed up in a leg. I didn't have any pain. Well, Lee, you were charged with adrenaline. Yeah, but I had all the bones broken in my face. My nose was ripped off. A claw went from here to here, right through my mouth, and it didn't touch my teeth. I didn't have any pain. You know how painful a busted nose feels? <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> Your eyes water. <laughs> I didn't have any pain. My leg was stiff. The muscle was stiff. I didn't have any pain. My arm, this bone had broken in so many pieces, there was nothing to put back together. I didn't have any pain. I had a broken shoulder. It hurt. George and Steve got up to me. Steve ran back to camp to get a cell call out. Because, of course, we're on the side of the mountain. There is no cell service. So he took off. And George helped me out of the brush. And I still had my knife in my hand and I dropped it. I didn't need it anymore. I had one hand to hang on to George. I had a good right leg. Left leg was a little little stiff. I'd been there an hour before he got there. He helped me down the mountain about four or five hundred yards. And it was not easy. Took us about an hour, something that would normally take ten minutes, five if we're in a hurry. My leg was hurting. he said I it a little bit when we stepped over deadfall. Of course, I had to drag it over, and he had to hold on to me. He got me down into a little clearing, parked me under a tree, and we waited. It had started to rain, of course. Three hours we waited. Now I'm four and a half hours since the bear attack. I was lying on my back. You know how your nose gets stuffed up from a cold or something? You're lying on your back; you can't breathe. I didn't have that. I didn't bleed. Well, Lee, you you what? No, I didn't bleed. Laid on my back for seven hours, and I didn't bleed. My arm didn't bleed. My leg didn't bleed. Now, I say I'm not going to tell you that was a miracle. That was a miracle. That's God at work. I know that. You can believe what you want. The Park Service people, they still can't believe it. But they know who's responsible. Well, George turned to me after four and a half hours and said, Lee, nobody's coming. His brother's up on, his brother went back to get help. He should have been back an hour ago. Mike, we didn't know where Mike went. He went up over the hill, he's still hunting. These two men are on the hill, one without a gun, with a bear, with cubs. Now, They asked me later if I hurt the bear. I said, no. Well, you stabbed her, (laughs) laughed. Yeah, I stabbed her. I didn't do anything but make her angry with me. She should have come back after me then. She didn't. But that's the kind of bear that's on this mountain with these two fellows. And George is scared. So am I, sort of. I've done all I can do. I can just lay in there and just stay in Warm, because I had a vest and a flannel shirt on. George gave me his vest. Because it was in the mid-40s when we, that time of the day. Now it's starting to rain, getting cold. He says, Lee, I've got to leave you. Okay, George, go ahead. I'm fine. I knew I was saved. But I've known since May 24th, 1984, that I was saved. That was when I was reborn. I didn't doubt anything. Well, George says, Lee, you don't understand. I've got to take the gun. I laughed at him. I said, George, I can't shoot with one hand. Go. I knew what he was worried about. He told me. And I'm worried about them, too. I was okay. Go find these fellas. Well, about that time, we heard a shot. Steven made it. He got the cell call out. The park ranger was just getting his truck when the 911 call went through and they told him where the camp was located and the bear attack victim out there and they sent for a helicopter. And he turned around and came back. Now what I didn't tell you was where these two people were. I said, we can't hear 100 yards away. They were over three miles away. They heard me like I was across the street. He blew a siren. George and I never heard it. We'd actually moved closer. You never heard it. Three miles away. You tell me God wasn't putting his finger on that. You bet he was. The man came back to camp, met up with Steve and Mike. Mike was okay. Mike had the trail on his GPS. Three other park rangers showed up. They started out. That's when they fired the shot, when they got the end of the trail. They were another hour getting down to us. We were that far from the trail and from camp. They said, duh we need a backboard and we have no way to carry him they'd already determined that I was too far into the woods to carry back to the four wheelers okay so they called for another team well Steve brought that second team out in the meantime they're asking me questions and I told them I was complacent I'm sorry I just forgot well we need to go get that bear no you don't well Why not? Because someone will get hurt. Don't go up there. Okay. Well, they didn't come equipped to go hunt a bear anyway. They came equipped to drag out a body. And then when they looked at me, they figured they were going to be carrying out a body shortly. Except for the fact I was talking to them. I told him, hey, you want to see my face? I got it right here in my pocket. He said, no, we don't want to do that. But I was relaxed. I was saved. I knew that. In here, I knew that. Don't go up there. Don't risk your life. One is enough. It's Sunday night. For goodness sake, you need to go home to your families. No, Lee, we're going to get you off the mountain. You hang tight. That's 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock seven o'clock before the next team came out with a backboard and they'd made the decision to take me further down the mountain another five six hundred yards to a bigger meadow where the helicopters could land which they did one from salt lake city two hours to the west one from billings montana three hours to the northeast The medic jumps out of the helicopter. We've got to get going. We've got to get him off the mountain in the next 20 minutes. There's a storm coming in. I didn't tell you it started to snow. Yeah. And it's almost dark. Another half hour is going to be dark. And uh, they wanted to know what my injuries were. They said, well, you can see he's got a little facial trauma there. What did the guy say yesterday? He called it a unfortunate circumstance or something like that. I laughed at him. He said, well, i was trying to be delicate. <laughs> That's okay. I can take it. They said, he's got some other pain, but we don't know what. You'll have to ask him. Well, he looked at me. He saw me. What do you mean, ask him? He's talking to you? Yeah. Ask him. He'll show you his face. It's in his pocket. <laughs> he says, okay. Came over to me. He said, Lee. My name's Jared, and this is my flight nurse, Chelsea. Understand? You uh, tried to wrestle a grizzly. I said, "Yeah, I was beating her too until she brought her kids along." <laughs> he said, "Well, where do you hurt?" I said, "I don't hurt." What do you mean you don't hurt? Well, she bit my arm, but I don't have any pain there. Well, how about your face? What about it? You don't like how I look? <laughs> I said, no, they don't. He says, you're not in any pain. Well, no, I had a little pain. I was starting to come around. It's seven hours later. So sure, I'd have a little bit. I don't remember that. I haven't had any drugs. i got an IV started from the first crew, but in a saline solution.
2: Mike was his IV pole hanger. Yeah,
1: Mike, Mike <laughs> was standing there holding it. I never knew that. Five months later... Because I couldn't see. I'm blind. George led me down off that mountain. My eyes were closed. He was leading a blind man 400 yards in the woods. Through brush over trees. With a bear behind us. It's amazing. Just amazing. Well, anyway. They got me loaded up. Took me to the first hospital. They took an x-ray, but... They're like Wellsboro. They're not built for this kind of trauma. He said, we can't touch him. Where do you want him to go? Jared didn't hesitate. He's going to Swedish. That's Denver. That's another five hours south. Okay. They loaded me on a fixed-wing aircraft, and down the road I went. Now, Jared and his flight nurse could have flown back to Salt Lake City at that point. They stayed with me for over 11 hours. I'll tell you why. Jared only makes this trip once a month. And he was ready for some excitement. No, that's not true. (laughs) He and his flight nurse make this trip once a month. Jared is the captain of the Salt Lake City Search and Rescue. So he's got a squad of people to do this. He's the only one with special training in facial trauma. Tell me God didn't plan that. You don't know how he works. We got down to the hospital, 2 o'clock in the morning, 14 and a half hours after the bear attack. Now, Jared got me my drugs. (laughs) He got me some pain medicine. And so I was happy as a lark the whole time. I didn't know. I got a chance to speak to Martha. At the first hospital before they put a tube in my mouth and shut me up completely. Fourteen and a half hours. The two doctors on call. Husband and wife team. Only worked there about three and a half months. Special training. In facial trauma. And hand reconstruction. I had the right People. At the right time. As I needed them. They appeared. There's many more. Amazing things. I'm going to let Martha talk a little bit. About some of that. I didn't get to say thank you. When I woke up. Martha was gone. I was alone. I thought it was just the next day. I woke up. Oh, my hospital room. Oh, look at all the cards. That's so nice. Everybody loves me. And I went back to sleep. I woke up the next morning knowing. Floor to ceiling. One, two, three walls. Hundreds of them. Hundreds. That didn't happen overnight. And all I could picture was months and years gone by. You've heard all the horror stories. I felt I was in the middle of one at that point. I asked a nurse what day it was. Well, it's the third or the fourth. No, no, what month? Oh, it's November. Four weeks and a day or two, I was out. Had no memory of anything. I woke up with no pain, my scars were healed. That's how long it had been. I had staples in my nose. It was impressive. I kind of liked it myself. I'd stand there in the mirror and look at it. Oh, you're pretty cool. No, no pain. I wanted to bring those staples home. Martha wouldn't let me. No pain. I was healed up. One more thing. And she'll tell you more about that too. But I had no infection. I was mauled by a bear. A dirty, greasy, slimy, digging in the rotted flesh bear. And I had no infection. That's a miracle. The people that we've encountered, God bless you. You don't know how God's using you. Now you think, well, God is using you, Lee. No, God used you to bring me up here. He's using you right now in ways you don't know. Yes, I'm affecting other people. But I'm I'm here to say thank you for what you did for me and Martha. The support that we got from the very first day that she posted on Facebook that I need prayer for my husband. It's just been phenomenal. God is not dead. He's in each and every one of us. Accept that. Embrace, as the song said today. Be joyful. I, I uh, I've got so much to share. I can't do it all right now, but I'm going to let Martha have some words. It's special what she has to say. Now if she gives me another time. I'll tell you a little short story. She might tell you first. Martha, you talk to him. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you can use that. It doesn't matter. Just set it down there. That'll be fine.
2: Good morning.
1: I got to sit down.
2: All right. Sure. I protect you when you leave me. <laughs> 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 Good morning. I, I'll make this brief because we're running out of time. As much as, as you much want to. Read. Okay. We don't have the limit. No. Okay. Well, so, you, you might want
1: to take your jacket off. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Lee left for his hunting trip on October 20 or yeah, September 29th. And one of the things he didn't tell you was he had posted on Facebook, which I hate Facebook. I never wanted it on my phone. He put it on my phone a month or so before this happened against my wishes, but God knew what he was doing. I would have been lost without Facebook communicating with everybody, letting them know everything that was going on. I wouldn't have been able to do it without that media. So it's not so bad, I guess. (laughs) But he posted on Facebook that he was leaving for his hunting trip, and he was excited, and he was going to climb one of the highest mountains, and he was going to see what his God has for him. And what was the other part of it?
1: Oh, and and I was looking forward to
2: it. Oh, and he was looking forward to it. This is what God had planned, I guess. Um, But I was excited, too because 10 days without my husband, I love him, but I think some of the women in here probably know that when their husband goes away, you get things done. I had things in the garden I needed to put up, spaghetti sauce and all that. So I was ready to do that. But God had different plans. So on the 2nd of October, I was watching TV, just relaxing, happened to see some light outside, the window in the road I thought somebody was spotlighting we had a really nice buck around and I thought somebody was spotlighting our buck so I went out to the picture window and I looked, watched this light snuck out on the front porch to see what was going on next thing I know my brother-in-law Lee's brother Jim, pops through our hedge that's in front of our house onto our sidewalk, well I think I scared him as much as he scared me "What, what are you doing here I said, what are you doing here with a cup of coffee and a flashlight? Oh, I'm out for a walk. At 10.30, 11 o'clock at night? Okay. Headlights were coming down the road. Ah, that might be Linda, Lee's sister. Linda? Why is Linda coming? What's going on? Pressured him into telling me, this is how I learned. He said, he is alive, but Lee was attacked by a grizzly bear. At that time, my world just went upside down. We didn't know anything other than that. The next couple of hours, we spent getting my flight flight ticket to fly out of Elmira at 5.40 the next morning, which I did. That brought me into Denver after a couple train rides and a bus ride. Got to Swedish Medical Center. Walked in, they sent me up to the surgery waiting room. Little did I know, Lee had been in uh, an eight-hour surgery. What they did is they opened up all his wounds, they flushed them, they sewed them all back up, and they did another one. Opened up his wounds, flushed them, sewed them back up, trying to prevent infection. When I got there, I didn't know anything, but I happened to run into, happen, um a woman from ministries, and then the woman that was the liaison for the surgery waiting room. Deb came in behind me. When I said my name, she knew who I belonged to. Swooped me off to a little room off to the side, and I was able to say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I need to pray. I got two people with me. I need to pray. So right off the bat, I had an opportunity to pray for Lee and to pray for the whole situation. I was able to go upstairs to his room because he had just come out of surgery. So he looked like the Michelin man. He was just bandaged. His arms were in what they call f- like fixator things that keep your arms still. This one was. Anyway, all the bells and tubes and things hooked up to him. I spent the first week in his room by his side. He had five surgeries in that first five days. Some of them were planned, some of them they'd come in, they'd check him, and off he'd go and I'd just be there waiting for him to come back. Ended up in a hotel room for the rest of that month, and then I came back on November 4th for the benefit banquet that we had here in Westfield. Over 600 people came out for that benefit banquet. Thank God, and thank you all. If you came out for your donations, for your time, it was very overwhelming to me, but it was great. And... When I went back, we were able to get um, an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment through a local church for $30 for three months. We had to get out for a week, and then we could come back in for another $30. Actually, she waived that because I had bought laundry detergent and things like that. So, I mean, that was just awesome resources, and it was a blessing I I just can't say enough about the doors that were open. Lee talked about the cards on his room walls. They ministered to me. While he was in the coma, I would get the mail, and the nurses were like, more mail, you know, stacks, two times a day, and I would read each card to him. I knew he could hear me. He doesn't remember, but I know he could hear what I was saying. I read your cards to him. And they ministered to me, too, and I put them all up on his walls. So when he woke up, he was able to see those cards and know how many people were praying, how many people love him, how much support he has here in this little county. So that's that was a great support for me. And I guess I just want to say that... um, we don't tell our story for shock and awe. We don't tell our story to sensationalize things. We tell our story to show God allows bad things to happen in our lives. God allows us free choice to make the wrong choice, to go back without your hunting party and get the meat so that you could go back and show them that you got the meat, whatever. <laughs> so... Um, Whether it's a car accident, problems among family members, terminal illness, whatever it is, God is with us. God wants us to give him the glory. He wants us to lean upon him and to give him the grace that he has and honor him through it, whatever it is. I knew that Lee was saved. I knew where he was going to be if he didn't make it. It didn't make that easy, but it gave me some peace. Um... Prayer is your friend. I've had many prayers at night when I would go back and leave him at the hospital. I want to read, before I close, I just want to read the the letter that uh, Jeff and Brenda Campbell sent. What they did is they actually took this card and they sent it to the the game wardens, and the game wardens were able to send it um, to us, and I received it when I was home for the banquet and then brought it back to the hospital. So This says, Hello, sir. We are Jeff and Brenda Campbell. We are the ones that heard you yell on the mountain. I'm not sure what your faith is, but God spoke to me and said, to pursue that man yelling, he needs help. We tried to get to you on four-wheelers, but couldn't get to you. We spent the next hour and a half finding a game warden, Brian Baker. Thank God he believed us enough to continue the search even though the story sounded a little fishy because there were people hunting closer to you than us and they never heard you. We were miles from you and heard you like you were only 200 yards away. I heard the bear got a few hits in, but for sure you won the fight. You lived. I heard you're going to need a few surgeries. I feel you need to know your family is more concerned about your heart For your friends and family, rather than scars, if you would call us sometime, it would be great. Your friends, Jeff and Brenda. And we did call them, we have talked to them, and we continue to communicate with them. And um, I just think that God doesn't make any mistakes. God knows what's going to happen long before we know. And he put and orchestrated all the people who were in place, the the medics, the perfect people, facial trauma specialists, the doctors, people that I ran into in the surgery waiting room that I was able to pray with and talk with. God did that. God orchestrated that. And again, he makes no mistakes. He knows what he's doing. And we ne- need to just listen to him and follow him and trust. That's all. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Uh, I I can't add to that. I mean that's she's right though. We're not out here to do anything but give God the glory. I didn't talk about it at work. People would ask me, then I'd share my faith, but I wasn't forward about it. But I think he wants me to be more forward. If we're not his cheerleader, who will be? If we don't talk about him, we who believe, then how are non believers going to hear about him? How are they going to know the joy that we know? Well, Lee, why why you act the way you do? None of your business. No. I act this way because God is in here. I'm I'm saved a long time ago. If we don't share that with believers to strengthen ourselves, that's why we gather here to support one another. But then we go out into the world and we have to witness to the people around us. Don't think that in their derision or in their Complacency that they're missing the message, that they're not. We have received word from our friends and people we don't know. You two are amazing. And then we are going to church. We didn't do that before. Husbands and wives. Our marriage is stronger because of watching you. You're not watching us. You're watching God work. But they get it. We're praying together. We never did that before. These people that are talking to us. So we're blessed with knowing that the story. That's all it is for me. I dropped something here. Oh, thank you. That's all it is, is, is... We know what it is to us. And we've been struggling at home trying to know how to share God's love with other people. And he provided. And so, that's what you need to do. You came to hear a story, okay. Look for God working in your life. You don't need a bear attack. It could be something as simple as, wow, boy, that car went right by me. Yeah. Or at work. Close calls at work. That you don't even think about. Yeah, she's telling me to hurry it up. (laughs) (laughs) Fork truck accidents. My friend back there knows about fork trucks in the plant. Look out. Look out. (laughs) Be on the alert. Or you stick your fingers in a hot box as an electrician. Well, you forgot to wear your gloves, and you're blown across the room. Complacency in our job. you got to be careful. Mowing the lawn. And you're throwing gravel everywhere. Well, you know. Okay. But that gravel could hit somebody. I know a woman that was mowing, pushing a mower, and she felt a sting in her leg. Well, she'd picked up an aluminum nail and drove it through her calf. She was standing right behind the mower. Complacency. We need to be thinking all the time. It's still going to happen. Don't get me wrong. But if you're aware of it, you'll know right away how to react. I hope you think about that. I hope you find God working in your lives. I hope you make a point of sharing it. Share it with your spouse. Share it with your friends. On social media. However, God talks to you to share it. Don't listen to me. Listen to him. He's the one using you, not me. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: I have one more request. Is this coming? Yeah. We go back out to Swedish in October where they're going to start doing some of the facial reconstruction, probably rebuilding Lee's upper lip. Lee's nose is alive on his wrist. They attached it. They used leeches to vasculate it to keep the blood flow going and to get it to survive. Whether they use that nose, what's left, because he lost the lip and the left nostril. Whether they use that or they rebuild. If they rebuild, that'll probably be three surgeries to do one part and then whatever. So we're looking at four, five surgeries. I don't know if they'll all take place in October, but I asked for prayer if you could keep us in prayer for that when it's coming. Thank you. Yes. Oh, we're not having it done here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <There>. <laughs> yes, back out there. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll be back out. Thank you. Nothing against local hospitals. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I would like to just, can we give an applause to God on behalf of <laughs> for what he does through, through them. Thank you. Um, alrighty, how about we go to Lord in prayer and then we'll sing our final hymn for today. Father, we thank you so much for your providence. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you can lead us